Hey, what's happening, Jamil? What up? What it do? How you feeling? How you been? What's going on? I'm so excited. I think I say that every episode, but every episode, I'm so excited. So I know how you feel, but it's our show, so we're always going to be excited about (laughs) our show. That is true. And we've got a wicked cool lineup. Oh, say it ain't so. Mm, I mean, mm, I'm mm. feeling like I need some self-help. (laughs) But I need it from other people You need to manifest it I need some gurus with some good guru guidance Yeah Yeah So before we kick it off Let's go We recognize this country as being lands taken care of by traditional owners And acknowledge the Yagra and Turbal people on whose land we're recording We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging And acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as the First Nation people of Australia Thank you, Jared. Appreciate no it. Um, so, what you been up to? What like been any? Cool oh, I've been I've been on some activities. Oh, oh yeah. Get out of town. You're mm. looking at almost a citizen. Passed the citizenship test. Oh, she. Now nah, I just need to wait for the ceremony. You're gonna. Thirty first. Sorry. The thirty first. Just waiting for the ceremony. Oh, you're just we, waiting. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry, when mind. when it comes, it comes. I just have to wait for the letter in the mail. Mm, denied. And <laughs> no, I've got the letter to say accepted. No, I just need to wait. No, you can, don't make any calls. We cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so exciting. Yeah. Can't wait to have you. And then, of course, you came by and watched. I've started. Yes. You know, with the citizenship comes yes. the sport. So a little bit of Aussie rules. Yeah. To get this old man running around the show. Some would say it's a national sport. Others would say. I know that's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, okay. Just, no, no. Enjoyed it. He's a. He's a. a yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll cut that out. We don't want people to know. <laughs> like, we got to keep you safe. We don't oh, need yeah. people you know, running you off yeah. the field. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, what no. else has been happening? Yeah, I've been to a few um, plays at the th- theatre, which was rad. And I also got involved. I went to a workshop for the Brisbane Street Art Festival, which was a treat. Yeah, tell yeah. us. What was it? Oh, it was so cool. It was um, run by a chap... Uh, whose handle was Smalls. Okay. And um, it was just this red big, like, um, I suppose a gully, like a waterway that has concrete sides. Yeah. And we just had, like, free kind of rain. Oh, so paint. you got to spray paint as well? Yeah, yeah. So oh, wow. Smalls ch- gave us a little chat, how to hold the cans, what we should be doing. Yeah. And then we just grabbed a few cans and painted, took the missus along. It was rad. A good afternoon. A few hours just painting and Breathing in those good fumes. It oh, was good. I was going to say like, can, can, I got confused at cones, cans. Sorry. <laughs> and, oh, different uh, fumes. What did you What did you spray paint? Oh no, it was just just we we're practicing the techniques and oh, stuff. Okay. Just spray paint a, a few letters and drill face and just whatever. There wasn't like a set theme for the wall. It was just a little bit of everything. Cool. It was really that's cool. so awesome. Yeah. And, and you, what, what was the, what wait, hold you? on, hold on no, now. Okay. You can't move past the theatre. Oh, what theater. did you watch Oh, that was theater? cool. Uh, we watched a play called Come From Away. Okay. It was a bit of a weird concept when I heard it. It was about the little town in Canada. Okay. Where all the planes at 9-11 got directed to that little <gasps> town and went from a town of like 6,000 people to like 12,000 people, whatever it was. So it was a bit of a weird, I was like, I don't know how that's going to be like a fun, exciting play. And it was such a fun, exciting play. It was so cool. Oh, really? It was so rad. So, 
Yeah, just getting out to the theatre. Get you into know? the theatre, Get a man. bit of culture in me. Yeah, it's very know? hoity-toity. And you, what's been happening? What's been happening? So many I things. don't know. There's a lot of different things. I, okay, let's just start where Seichim, Seichim had his EP launch oh, man. Um, at the Kick-Ons, and that was phenomenal. I was so bleak. I missed that. Oh, man. Oh, it, it, I just can't explain. The, the humbleness of that kid and just his aura that he has is just intoxicating and I just can't wish him nothing but praises and everything else. Um, so they had that at the kick-ons. Um, his band was amazing, live band, um, which then we went to another show um, who Benny, our mate, Benny Chu, yeah. was doing for A Love Supreme. So we got to see a few artists, um, namely Izzy, the band. They're, f- they're from Cairns actually, but they're basing themselves down in Nam, Melbourne. And um, also got to see the guys' water streets. So that was that was a, a full-on Thursday night, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, and also my mate show at Dirty Sultan. They were doing like a French Afrobeat night. I feel like that's your, that's your go-to venue. Well, like if you have a mate, they're like, no, why no, would you go sure. anywhere else? Oh, like, oh, you know, know what I mean? I no, just, no, no, there's no, no shade. Often, I'm just saying often like. Often for some reason on weekends I wake up early. Yeah. And my wake up early is your go to bed late Shut kind up. of. So uh, when I when Honestly, I, I watch Jared. your story, no, I'm watching your stories, uh-huh. and it's like two hours ago. We really have to train Jared about putting my um, laundry in the street. <laughs> we really do. But we will get to that. Um, moving forward, what else did I get up to? I know I did something else. Oh yeah, so we saw Dancing Waters Band support mm. um, Nairi. Fun fact, my mum actually got me onto Nairi and she, you know, full-heartedly says that she was robbed. She should have won um, that singing competition, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so caught up with the band Buttercats as well. So hopefully they'll be on the show pretty soon as well. Um, but, yeah. Oh, the, we went to Jared Wright's. Yeah, of course. Glossary. glossary for bad. Yeah. Yeah. That we was a that. treat. That, that was. That was. My list. I know. That was such a good evening. Yeah, it, it, that was amazing. We need to see more glass art. Oh, how beautiful and like a wide array of glass art. Like, I oh, know the colors, the, mm. the the just the the exquisite. I Ooh, can't here even we think go. Here words. we go. Get it. Get those words. Get <laughs> no, them. No, but the intricacies oh, of it yeah. all, just the mm. patience it would take. I did see that one lady nearly knock over the display, and I was like, Ooh, "Don't yeah. let her back near the bar." Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, let's mention that. Yeah, we actually met Alex from Milton oh, Distillery, yeah. who does the Milton rum. And, I had uh, to have a taste. Yeah. <laughs> it was delicious. Jared tasted it, and yes, we will be catching up with Alex as well, so hopefully you'll see that soon. And uh, yeah, that's me. Oh, Should we get into this Brisbane build? Yeah, go for it. All right. You want me to go first? Yeah. Right, let's go. Let's go. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with my new album slash song release is going to Buttercats with their song All of the Time. Now, if you don't know who they are, they're like a R&B soul, you know, funky little band. And I just really love their sound. Um, my business is going to one of my mates, uh, Olive & Co. Jewelry, which is handmade, fine, delicate and timeless statement jewelry. So, you know, for a partner, you know, you just want to find something special that's made locally in Brisbane, hit her up. Um, And my digital artist goes to Alan Onesian or Onesian. I can't 
tell. Sorry. Um, he's described as a multifaceted vernacular mixed reality artist um, doing a lot in the digital art space. So, yeah, go hit him up. Sweet. That's yep. cool. I've got, so I've got a couple things going on here. Yep. So my, I've got three songs. Mm-hmm. That first one, oh, it's not three songs, but three artists rather, is Jesswa. Jesswa. Mm-hmm. Her song Medusa. Yes. A banger. A banger. Come I've, through on that heater album. Mm. Sorry, Tropics. Tropics. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, so uh, maybe it's bad, but I admit my little, my favorite thing, if I find a new artist, I go down and be like, people may also like. Mm. <sighs> so, yeah, tunes, tunes for days. Um, and then, like you were saying earlier, say Chem, mm. Z's. What mm-hmm. a track. Mm-hmm. So say less. Oh, get say onto less, that. And then my third artist, as I was saying earlier, Smalls. Mm. He's the graffiti artist around the workshop. Get onto his uh, Instagram is Arat Smalls. He's just amazing with talented, paints some beautiful stuff. So just get on there. I, I really enjoyed uh, nice person. You know what I mean? Like mm. sometimes with... Any type of art, once you get fancy, maybe a bit of ego and stuff, but definitely not with him. Um, and then my three businesses, obviously with the graffiti at Brisbane Street Art Festival, I uh, went by Crush City. Oh. It's, in, uh, it's on Ipswich Road, I think. Oh, yeah, four, 423 Ipswich Road. Mm-hmm. Paint, accessories, nozzles, everything you need just to be creative. They're a really cool shop. Okay. Also local, go support local. Um, another is the Land Street Gallery and Studio. That's obviously where we went for the Glassery show. Yeah. Th- a really cool atmosphere, really relaxed. I mean, you always want to support those small little galleries. We want to see art. We want to see more art. So get out, support them. And then I didn't mention it earlier, but uh, last week I went through to a place called Fair Share. Hmm. What's that? And what their model is they get excess food from big corporates like Woolies and Coles where they have food that they're not going to sell and instead of throwing it away, they give it to fair share um, farmers, like direct from the farm type stuff, and they have this big industrial kitchen in I think it's like Morningside area. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went through as a volunteer group and we worked and what they do is they cook all this into these like really nutritional, really tasty, really nice meals. Mm-hmm. And they distribute that through, uh, through Queensland to different organizations that help facilitate feeding people who are going on like bad, you know, going through bad or, times, yep. disadvantage, just they, uh, they're just doing such amazing work. So they don't necessarily give it out to people directly. They just, the kitchen, they cook the food, freeze it, send it to all different organizations that distribute it. So I was there for about four hours. There were a group of seven, seven of us, and we, we assisted in packing two and a half thousand meals in wow. four hours. And it's just, I mean, getting out and helping the community. So even if you don't have time, just get onto their website, donate what you can, or if you're involved with a big company and you've got excess food just get onto them they do amazing stuff they s- supply all the food for the guys that uh distribute it through like west end there's guys that do it in 
uh, I think, New Farm and uh, The Valley. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was amazing. Wow, that's fair share. Yeah, fair share. Awesome. Um, yeah, just jump on the website. Well done, Fran, with your community work. Oh, yeah. A high five. Yeah, coming, becoming a citizen, getting involved in the wow. in the fabric of the community, you know? Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> I love that. Let's yeah. go and talk to some really cool, important people that we know. Yeah, let's get it. Well, hello, good evening. How are you, Jared Festival? Oh, I'm good. Are you keen? Are you ready I'm for so this I'm so excited. Episode? It's going to yeah? be wild. Oh, yeah. sweet. Let's get into it and introduce our amazing new friends of the pod, as we always like to say. I'm going to start on my left with Dan. If you could just give us your name, an introduction of who you are and what you do. Uh, Dan Finn, thanks for, thanks for having me, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, thanks for being here, bro. Pleasure, Appreciate it. Pleasure. Um, I run an online record store called Rotate Recordings. Um, among other things, that's kind of my main focus at the moment. Nice. Mr. Sam? Hey, guys. Um, my name's Sam, and um, I'm a musician, first of all, and I've just started running an artist management label called Real Feels with my partner recently, so that's kind of been my grind. <laughs> Hello guys, my name is Paulina. Um, I've started a little project in Brisbane called Chromatic Walls. So it's just like an art exhibition where there's, it, it's kind of like I get a space and get a whole bunch of local Brisbane artists together to showcase their artworks pretty much. I'm Jared. Uh, I'm a scientific glass blower and I've been mucking around uh, with the artistic side recently and it's been going pretty well. So... Here we are. Thank you all for coming. Appreciate it. We've actually got a, a, a large group. We usually only have, what, at least four people? Yeah, Five, two, three, yeah, three, yeah. two, three. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we can no, roll with this. Rad. I'm excited. So has anyone ever thought about, what is it, self-help books? Have you ever read a self-help book? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely yeah. one. Yeah. Sam, no. Oh, there, was, there was one Christmas when my little brother and I both got given a self-help book yeah. a series and... Um, I don't think we read either of them. <laughs> no, that's fair. Like, so to everyone, no. Would you ever read one now? Definitely. Definitely? Yeah. Why? <laughs> to help myself. To help yourself? Yeah. No, no, I ask because, like, I've never, you know, everyone keeps saying, oh, read the book, The, um, the Subtle Art of Not Giving Up. <laughs> you see, that was yeah. the book that we was, I was... We were given, and he was given the next one, um, but I can't remember the name, but it had a very similar title Mm. to it. I just feel like it's such a a wellness craze now about talking about self-help, talking about, you know, improving oneself and all of that. And this term manifestation, like have you heard it a lot in social media, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you manifest? Uh, I think we all do, Mm -hmm. whether you believe in certain things or not, mm-hmm. you know, we uh, think cognitively and kind of push ourselves to where we want to be mm-hmm. um, naturally. Naturally. You know? Sometimes we have different to sort of scale of what we think of ourselves, um, where we want to go, if that's possible, and maybe that has an impact. Exactly. Yeah, I think the, like, notion of of your goals and success and everything's kind of subjective. So motivating yourself to a certain point you see as success and other people are like, 
that's mm. trash or whatever. So it's very subjective about your outcomes of what you see as being, oh, yeah, I've self-motivated myself to achieve this crazy thing, but other people are like, it's not so crazy. Mm. Or it really is. You know, like it's very subjective. Oh, that's true. I never thought of it like that. But um, I guess what I'm, I'm trying to allude to is how much do we use manifestation, self-affirmations in a practice of creating new ventures and business and ideas? Was that something you thought of as a, a mental exercise that prepared you for doing a business? Or was it not at all? You just jumped into it because you wanted to do it? I have to level here and say that when I read through one of the discussion topics, I've never really thought about the term manifestation Mm -hmm. before. Um, It was really interesting to me because I asked the friend sitting next to me and they're like, oh, no, it's like when you think about something and just my understanding is that when you just keep on thinking about something, thinking about something and eventually it happens, would that Mm. be like the lame? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And it's a completely foreign concept to me so I'm really keen to hear what you guys have to say (laughs) I think like um during COVID where I had so much more time to actually take the time and help myself and invest in myself and improving who I am as a person um I would go out and read books like um that Steve Harvey's book it's like um what is it called uh that I, I forgot like 10 steps to be like a successful person. I forgot what it's called, but I'm really bad with names. But Steve Harvey is someone that really inspired me to work on myself. He talks about making a routine every single day, which is something I never used to have. I'd just wake up, do whatever I had to do and didn't think about life, just kept taking it as it came. But now I'm starting to like appreciate little things because of the the things that I've learned in those books that have taken me a step back to actually think about, oh, you know, I can wake up and have gratitude for what I have in my life and then be grateful for the people around me. And then that taught me, oh, who who are those people around me? Like, where are they pushing me or am I pushing them? And then, you know, it just evolves from there. It starts from like the little things in your day. Um, that's, these are all the things that I learned in these self-help books, but it was just, I, I was such a nerd in high school. I love, and I love nerds. I have a thing for nerds. I just love people that are into books and, and maths and science and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm rambling. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think self-help books are really amazing and I really feel like you guys should invest into it. And if you're not a good reader, listen to some podcasts as well. Like the, those will help you out. YouTube videos. Um, love watching Kanye West talk about things, even though... Whoa. So you appreciate what Kanye West has to say. Yeah. I've never... Wait, he has, what, Sunday service? What are you talking about? No, like, you know when people interview him? Mm-hmm. Like, see, when I was I was with a guy last year during COVID, we're kind of talking again now, but he, we would watch um, Kanye West's, like, interviews together during COVID. We'd just be sitting there reading or doing, like, I would be working on chromatic walls and he owns, like, um, Plastic Love, this, like, clothing brand in Brisbane, and we'd just be doing our own thing and just having it in the background. And he would never understand what Kanye West is talking about. But I think me with, like, um, I'm a person with um, being diagnosed with BPD, every time he changes a topic, I understand it and I feel it on a whole different level. It's it's so weird. Like, you know when he says, oh, I went through, like, a breakdown, but I call it a breakthrough, like, that mm. hits so hard with me, like, an, an emotional level and also, like, a 
like a wavelength. I don't know. <laughs> you can also hear how passionate he is about stuff. I yeah. listened to, it must have been about three hours. I think he was on Joe Rogan and I listened to him and he was yeah, just like, there were just things. There were just things that he's talking about. And at first I didn't understand how he was connecting his to- idea topics. Yeah. And then at the end you're like, what? He was talking about it the whole time. Like yeah. he's just so intense and super like on another level. And now that you say that, I'm just thinking about the last two minutes of me talking. I just jumped from like <laughs> self-help books to Kanye West. So like <laughs> you'll probably hear with what I say is kind of like Kanye West. In a way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, Dan, how did you start your online business? Why did you even make it? A, why was it an online business as opposed to a physical space uh, a few a few reasons but um something happened with work and I didn't want to sort of continue doing that so I was out of that scenario and it sort of dawned on me what do I do next mm-hmm. you know um and uh some people close to me were had been suggesting this for a while was I had a um, rel- rel- relatively large selection anyway and, you know, just trying to do things that, you know, are positive um, to uh, change your lifestyle in a way that, you know, you're not locked into maybe one revenue stream or one place that you're at all the time, um, trying a little, bit, a, a little bit more of a fluid lifestyle and that, that's kind of where the idea spawned. Um, but then there was necessity and I thought to myself, you know, like in this period it was a little bit tough and I thought, you know, there must have been a lot of people out there that are doing great things right now and kind of threw everything at it when they're at a, a low point rather than sort of being um, like like retracting from from life and being safe. They just went for it. So... That's kind of, I had all this time on my hands too, so I was like, just do it, just get it. That's great. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty cool. And then, you know, through, I think, you know, I wouldn't call it manifestation um, in the sense that I think we're um, trying to bring up. It was more just positive affirmation mm. and sort of backing yourself and believing mm. what you wanted to do and it was the right thing to do. Uh, if you didn't think that, you wouldn't um, you wouldn't get anywhere. So, you know, I think in that sense, manifestation's real. You know, but uh, it's kind of up to what you think. Exactly. You know, like and, was, and how it works with you mm, the best. Mm, mm-hmm. Like I was thinking about this topic. Like I really didn't have a topic for this show, to be honest, but. I was like, okay, well, we have this whole idea of manifestation, this affirmations, and to be honest, all of this stuff was logical to me. For me, planning is my number one go-to. First off, let's use this podcast as an example. I don't think I would have done this podcast unless I had, like coming from you, had a support group that said you should do this. I wouldn't have done that until I had that idea. However, that idea was like back in 2013. We started this show in 2019. 
there has to be steps before I can get to that. And I feel like I manifested, but I didn't think of that term at all. It was like, how do I get to these, these goals before I actually feel, yeah, let's do it. And it was something that clicked in my head where I was like, oh, I, I'm in a rut. I need to change something. I need to change my lifestyle because I'm not doing what I want to do. It's not making me feel fulfilled. And lucky Jared started at the company. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> just like, cool, let's try it. And you were like, well, we've got to do this, this, this. I was like, yeah, cool, <laughs> we can do those things. As much as I can be intense, it's all about having fun with it. Yeah. But Also, sorry, mm, like ahead. manifesting it and having those ideas in your head. I, I've, I've never thought of You sent that topic out and I was like thinking about it like any of these things. Did I ever think about those before we started this? And it was completely no. Where some, like for me, thinking about something and having positive thought and saying, I'm going to do it or whatever, that's like for me, if I say something, then everyone else is like holds me accountable for it. So, mm. so like that's the way in terms of positive thinking gets me going. But for me, it's more about hard work. Like you can think about it all you want, but if you don't put in the ground, you won't get the outcomes and I suppose you can say it the other way around if you don't think about it you're never going to actually work hard on it but I think hard work and and putting that together with positive thinking I think that's where you get to to a point or at least for me that's where I get to a point of thinking yeah I've achieved something mm. with that I, I definitely agree with you with building a support network around what you're working towards having that positive reinforcement and also just the people around you along contributing for the ride really takes you to places. Yeah. I was going to actually ask you, Jared, about, you know, you, this, we've been talking about more like local stuff. How do you, how do you find that comes in with you with having artwork overseas in New Zealand and, and support networks and manifesting stuff that's kind of out of your hands to a certain degree in terms of once you've sent it, you've sent it. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's actually easier because <laughs> <laughs> out of my hands, I don't have to worry about it. Uh, as long as it gets there in one piece, I'm happy. Um, but yeah, look, uh, the way I approach work, I don't really manifest as such. It's kind of more um, kind of this core belief that my best that I can do is good enough. And if it's the best I can do, that's enough for me. Um, anything more is just stretching and if it's not good enough well that's too bad that's your opinion yeah so that's kind of how I approach things now yeah um Sam going completely in a different direction now um (laughs) Sam I remember in our conversation we had with you and you were talking about when you first started Real Feels you found it hard to get people to I guess accept you to play shows or have them come through to venues or something it had to be like you had to have that experience behind you before they would validate you well was it like that or was it did I think of something different similar it definitely ties in the um real feels kind of was birthed as um a challenge I put to myself to book 10 shows of acoustic singer songwriters consecutively and this was when I kind of started playing in a band, thought I wanted to take things more seriously. And I was like, well, I really have no idea about this part of the industry. So let's just try to give it a shot. Um, I wouldn't say that it was exactly manifested in 
like more to the sense that I sat down in a day and made a lot of phone calls and just tried to like schedule something all out together. Um, but being able to be the artist liaison and promoter and learn all the different aspects of running an event, even though they were quite small, really um, helped give myself a more solid grounding and understanding of booking shows, which um, has definitely started to, um, I've started to notice the differences now two years down the track when we are um, planning future events. Mm-hmm. So learning as you're going. Yeah, it was kind of, it was definitely, a, I'm just going to throw myself off the deep end and see if I can stay afloat um, experience. Um, are you that kind of person that will just like throw yourself into challenges? And Not usually. Usually I'm pretty conservative with how far I'm happy to push myself. But um, it was just at a point in my life where I was like, I've just got to do this. Um, I wanted to be involved in the industry and more ass in, um, I wanted to, I wanted to be involved in the industry in more ways than just playing in a band myself. How is that, how is that affected? Like how can you split your time effectively between running other artists and managing your own musical career? It's actually come, um, become quite healthy for me because in the break after my release last year, which is a very solid four months of work, I can now sit back and, enjoy the music around me as well and contribute to um helping um my close friends and other artists succeed themselves so succeed is the wrong word just we all nurture our own creativity together and it's i always feel blessed to have found myself in such a supportive um community love that that community effort to Propel. You can't do things on your own, right? No, you can't. And when you surround yourself with like-minded people, I feel like um, the enthusiasm just snowballs and creativity snowballs. And just, I personally found myself with a lot more energy and a lot more like um, will to just keep on creating. And mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> is that the same for you, Paulina, as well? Oh, yeah, 100%. I can see you shaking your head. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Like, I used to hang out with people, like, sorry to all those people, but I used to hang out with people just (laughs) to be with people, like, I think, because I'm such an affectionate person, so, you know, I can be really friendly and just be with people, like, just around them and do, like, go out clubbing all the time. And Mm. what... But what did I really get from clubbing, you know? But now I've got, like, friends and stuff who go out clubbing. We might sit outside. We might talk about some goals, some dreams. And then we, someone might hear us walking past and then they come and sit with us and we're just talking. We're just, like, talking about what they're doing with their lives and stuff. And I, I was going to talk about when you brought up the topic manifestation. Mm. When I was listening to everyone talk about their perspectives on manifesting, um, Everything that you guys have talked about is something that you kind of love or makes you happy. So that journey to manifesting it was was hard, but the reason why you didn't stop and the reason why you're getting there or you've got it is because you love it, you know? It, it's like... Um, every time I look at your shoes, it reminds me when I was younger, I used to love Nikes. Like every single term I'd save up um, money from working at Macca's just to buy a new pair of Nike shoes just so I can flex. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I got these Nike shoes and always get like the brightest colours and stuff. But I would never have gotten them if I didn't like them or if I didn't love them, you know. 
and that was in the back of my head. So even with your podcast, when you're saying 2013 was when that came to your mind, the idea, but it never really left your mind because it was something that you knew was going to make you kind of happy, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. I've just been listening and (laughs) gathering notes. But yeah, back to the topic. Uh, I I back that, man. Yeah. (laughs) Back to the topic though. Like, yeah, friends, family. I didn't realize how much like, because I grew up, I didn't really have like, I do have a family. It's a really tiny family. It's just me, my sister and my mom. And my sister is 12 years older than me and she's like my half-sister, but she's practically my full sister. Mm. Um, and then there was my mum, but my mum's got like her own battles that she was going through with life and I didn't understand it as a young person. So I, was, I always thought I was alone. And um, now that I've understood, like I think I've grown up a little bit more and matured, I, I really appreciate my, the time that I have my family because they're always going to support me and push me to go to where I need to go. And sometimes they won't support me, but you know, um, I've learned to just not really care about the people that don't support me. I'm just like, I'm going to do it anyways. If oh, I fail, I fail. Often when your family, your close family chooses not to support you, there's probably a, there's a, a pretty reason. good reason. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> like, definitely. Or, or at least they, they believe that there is yeah, a very strong... Yeah, 100%. But I feel like I can be stubborn sometimes and that's why I feel like I've... You know how you say you've put yourself in the deep end? I feel like I do that all the time, but for the most silliest reasons, like I just do it because I'm like in the moment I'm like yes I'm gonna do this and then I fail but I never know if it's gonna work out if I don't try you know so failing is probably like my favorite thing to it's weird because I learned so much from it and I know a lot of people are scared to fail but I really believe that failing is a good thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) um Dan and Jared do do you are you the kind of people that would um throw yourselves into challenges and see where it goes or are you like I need to know what I'm doing first. Uh, I feel like I, 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 I used to be someone who needed to be over-organised and um, it would take me years to actually pull my finger out and go for something. Mm. Um, but recently um, through, you know, family and people around me, uh, I've just been pushed just to like, just to go for it. Like you might not have all the things that you think you need for it to be successful. Um, But taking action and just going forward can lead you to to places that, you know, you might not have thought it would have ended up. You know, for instance, I'm quite sort of surprised to be in this situation now. Six months ago I wouldn't have thought that, I'd be doing something like this, you know. I thought I'd just be, you know, selling records from my home, you know, doing my best to to promote it. Um, but it's funny how things can happen if you just if you just go mm. and just have a conversation and then get a response, follow it up, go for it. You, you might not know the people, but talk to them, call them, hit them up. You know, the worst that can happen is people say no or it doesn't work as well as you thought it might, but, you know, that's not that bad. If it's happened to you a few times, you know, it's it's really not... Well, that's how you learn, you know. You don't learn from doing things the right way. I think often you learn from doing things the wrong way and going, okay, well, probably shouldn't have done it that way. No. Oh, no. 
It's hard to know. I was just thinking about like how many how many like how long did it take you to perfect your birds? So, going back to the question, I I love a challenge, mm. and I will go outside of my comfort zone. Probably to fail, but it's what you learn from that, mm. which is more important than actually succeeding. And there's a really good quote. I read it when I was about 16, uh, Anish Kapoor. I had this huge book of Anish Kapoor, and um, he said, fail but fail quickly. Mm. And the more you fail, and he's actually got a business model now. He's got about 30 people working under him. They'll sit in the office on Monday morning, gather in an hour, maybe seven, 800 ideas, and pick out the best one. And they'll just spend an hour focus on failing till they find something that might work, and then they'll focus on that. I like that. Um, getting the birds right, yeah, took me eight years. And I still, I still screw them up, and I still uh, torch myself over getting the exactly right curves, um, just right. They're so Each one's completely unique. If you guys don't know, I do these birds which are... Um, kind of getting around the place and um but then actually I used to make homebrew this is going somewhere and I I was at a party once and I had a homebrew and one of my mates said can I try it I'm sure and so I said to him oh you know it's a bit tangy there's a bit of sediment it's not quite right and he goes it's not quite perfect and he just looked at me and said sometimes uh imperfections make things beautiful and I was like yeah okay you know, it's one of those moments where you're like the light bulb went off. And you're like, yeah, I, you don't have to be perfect. You can the imperfections make things interesting. So yeah, can also make you blind if you. No, no, no. I, I love that. But also, can we just come back to this home brew? Yeah. What like were you making different flavors? Oh, beer. Like experimental yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used like... to make back back um, actually. My granddad taught me how to homebrew when I was 16. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. And the drinking OG, OG skills. Yeah. The drinking age was 21 back in New Zealand at that time. Right. So you could go down I the see. shop and buy the ingredients because they weren't alcoholic. Take them home, mix it all together. Lipo. And uh, I made a lot of money and a lot of friends that year just selling bootleg liquor. <laughs> um, actually, that's where I learnt um, microbiology. Uh, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. so when I Hops, went for this yeah. job interview for my scientific... Um, Glassblowing uh, tradieship, they asked me if I knew microbiology, and I was like, kind of. <laughs> and I lay out some facts about, you know, yeast and sugar and carbon dioxide and pressures and all this, and they're like, huh, okay, he knows enough. So, it, you know, weird, it, I, don't, I don't know, just, it helped me so much learning weird information and bringing it back 10 years later. Mm. Yeah. Wait, does anybody have, else have any extravagant past stories of... <laughs> I don't know if that was extravagant, but... Probably oh, I was beefing you up, man. <laughs> 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 you have moments. I don't think I should top that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Nah, nah, nah. Wow, y'all are boring. <laughs> oh, no, you tell yeah, Jamila, why didn't you tell us about your extravagant <laughs> stories? Because well, we know you've got, like... A whole list on that computer. Well, there was this one time I was a, I was a race car driver. <laughs> um, no, nah, I'm kidding. I just sat in the passenger seat. No, um, is that your aunt? Yes, it is. Oh yeah. That's that, I learned how to drive from my aunt, who was a race car driver, a speedway <laughs> driver. And when I did my test, well, before I did the test, 
the guy, the instructor was like, do you notice that you accelerate on your corners? <laughs> and I was like, no, I didn't. I did not know that. And he's like, maybe don't do that in the test. And I was like, yes, point noted. Uh-huh. And see where it was wrong to have my aunt teach me how to drive. Uh-huh. However, um, I, f- I feel like with this conversation as well, we could write our own entire self-help book as well. <laughs> and that's not really where I was, I was about going to say, with this. I need to get different mates because <laughs> you're getting supportive quotes from mates that <laughs> when you're drinking beer... Yeah. Jeez, like, <laughs> my mates are just pulling me down. <laughs> oh, you, you don't have to be perfect to be valuable. Like, Where is that for me? Um, I need I some don't of know. that. Did, did all of us watch you at your first AFL oh, game? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I wasn't directing this at you. No, 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 I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying all your friends were there. They were like, yeah, go Jared. Where yeah. is he? He's over there. <laughs> yeah, he's on the bench. But um, wait, does anyone watch AFL? I, I used to follow it when I was younger. I still say that I'm a Collingwood supporter because my um, my grandfather was, and I believe there's still a match ball in his will for me. Mm, oh, okay. Uh, yep. Eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, break, break. But um, I haven't really watched it recently. Wait, so <laughs> if we're not NFL, wait, are we sports fans? No. Yeah, I, I don't mind a bit of sport. Did you, wait, what was the game that we just had? Was it um, oh, State of Origin? Or did anyone watch that? Uh, I watched that, yes. Yeah. Well, did, was that New <laughs> South Wales yeah. that like yeah. completely thrashed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I heard a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was glorious. It was glorious. Wait, <laughs> so oh, you were a New South, South Wales? Wales fan? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I grew up in um, Byron Bay. So oh, oh, get yeah. out. <laughs> so, you know, hey, I, I took about eight, nine years of just getting thrashed. And you can and take it, Mike. My mates weren't nice like yours either. <laughs> <laughs> and they were all from Queensland too, so. My mate was just really drunk, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. <laughs> Wait, did you hear about the whole um, Netflix show Byron Bays? Oh, yeah, I have heard of that. How, how did you feel as being a person that comes from Byron Bay? Uh, did you have any feeling about it, really? Um, not not really. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, I don't really follow that sort of thing. Byron Bay for me as a young person was surfing, um, you know, rolling around in those shoes, just being in nature. Mm. Um, and it wasn't like the way it is now, you know. Mm. Um, there was a bit of it happening but it was still quite community-driven, um, small place. Uh, so, I mean, it's a bit... Annoying, like it, it makes me feel like that it's gotten to a place where I wouldn't feel comfortable going there. Oh, because it's like glitz and glam and yeah, right. all these like beautiful people. Beautiful people. You know what I mean? Like you're beautiful, in, insta- Dan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the inside, <laughs> but you know, it's a bit contrived. Mm. Um, Instagram in a way, can be. And mm. I think if it's focused on beauty and material things, then uh, and, and I think that's what it sort of comes to, like, mm. you know, material objects and, and then measuring your success in that way. And mm. um, I think personally that's sort of Byron Bay's, that show kind of represents that to me and it makes me feel like not wanting to go it's there. And it's such yeah. an amazing part of the world. But, uh, you know... You don't want to go somewhere nice and get stuck stuck in a traffic jam. Oh, no. You can't even get in without being stuck in a traffic yeah. jam nowadays. Yeah, so. Yeah, it took me forever just to get to Mullumbimby. <laughs> that was but good on them for doing what they want to do and 
know, <laughs> ruining Byron for <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Did anyone else see the Byron Bay thing? Sorry, I've, I've completely Netflix. missed it. What, what is it? What no, it's just like watch? this new reality show that oh. Netflix was going to pull and it was just having all these influencers coming, hanging out in Byron Bay. They're not even from Byron Bay, first off. But like, oh, no. But anyway, no, I didn't want to. What do like, you think? No, I just, I don't. You like, would watch it. I would probably because I've got my wife and my sister-in-law at home who control the remote, so I've got no chance. But um, You're acting like you didn't have free will. I don't. Um, <laughs> no, it's just those those reality shows are just so, it's just a reality show. It's just such a oxymoron because they're so fake, like it's just trash. Mm. <laughs> yes. I think there is can be a, sort of an escapism uh, entertainment. So like you've seen these people that are just so far removed from your lifestyle. Um, I, my girlfriend made me watch oh, this yeah. one called Tell us um, the truth. Uh, Temptation <laughs> Island. Oh, oh my God. God. Tell us more. What is this Temptation <laughs> Island? I'm not going to lie. I got a little bit hooked. Okay, okay. Uh, about four couples yeah. go to this island. They separate to different houses where then there's you know, about 20 beautiful single people mm. that, of the opposite sex that they're uh, hanging out with for a month or so. And then they, can't, they don't see each other through the whole process. And then at the, the, at the end, they decide if they want to continue with their relationship. <laughs> 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 it's pretty, like it's pretty brutal, but... Wait, imagine going into that, like, in a seven-year relationship. Uh, well, first of all, you probably wouldn't if you are like, in a seven-year relationship. <laughs> yeah. And you go into it and you're like, mm, yeah... It's not you. It's the temptation. <laughs> like, okay, wait. If you were ever to... No, oh. Would you... Okay, like, let's just say Survivor was on the table. Uh, no. Would you ever be a participant on Survivor? This is crazy because um, my, my partner, Survivor, is her show of choice. Oh, okay. um, she has a Channel 10 All Access account purely mm. for Survivor. And in the last eight months, I think now she's on um, season 26. Oh. So I've seen a fair share. But I think it's just that alternate universe of people that you'd never expect to meet people like that mm. in the street. And um, I think that she escapes in it. I'm trying to get her sister involved, but mm-hmm. um, she won't let me pitch the question <laughs> because they're filming the Australian season right now, apparently. Um, yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah. What is Survivors? Survivor. Oh, yeah, Survivor. Um, well, how many? There's like eight? No, 16. No, it, I don't know. Is, there's a lot of people that go to an island. Wait, can anyone else explain this better than I can? It's, it's just like, well, in the States anyway, they audition a huge pool of people that apply to be on a reality TV show and they pick people that they know will clash and then they throw them onto an island and have bizarre challenges and it's very over the top. Yeah. And um, They've got no, like, they have to build their own shelter and catch their own food and... Literally, mm. and then every week they decide one person <laughs> that they least like, and then they have to leave. They vote them out, or just yeah, yeah, they vote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the democratic whole tribe system. Is spoken. Wow. But it, it's also very manipulative, and it's always filming like people talking about other people. Like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, no, no, I was uh, done. I, I, I was just going to say it's cool how everyone's like, nah, nah, we haven't watched it. And everyone's like, but then they got to do this <laughs> and there's a drama <laughs> No, I definitely could not do Survivor. Yeah. Mm. Why? Because is it because of the having to forage for yourself or being in that toxic 
environment socially? I love drama, so I can deal with the toxic nature of people, but it's more or less having to sleep on bamboo slats and being uncomfortable and having sand in places you never knew it could be. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Do you win something, like money or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's oh. like a million bucks, apparently, really? in America. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would do that. I would survive. <laughs> you will survive. Even if it's toxic, I won't talk to anyone. I'm not in it for anything. But you have to do challenges like you stand one-footed on a piece of bamboo for four hours yep. and yeah. the person who falls down But like, a million dollars, yes, I would do that. <laughs> I think it's like a lot of mental strength. Mm. Yeah. It's a strategy game Perceived for sure. mental mm. strength, like... Well, like, is it really like they put the cameras down and then everyone jumps into the couple of beds <laughs> and the next morning they have to be like, oh, it's such a hard nut. Don't be such a hater. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, you can play like either the villain or you can play like I'm the good person that everyone loves. But usually the villain is always a kind of wins. <laughs> Whoa. You'd be like, Guess what Suzanne was saying about you by the waterfall? Did you just take that from an episode? (laughs) (laughs) When have I ever dropped the tea on somebody? When have Uh, I gossiped, Jared? Stop putting my stuff in the streets. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's so inappropriate. If you watch your stories on Instagram. (laughs) Wow. I mean, it's not like I don't tell the truth. Putting the stories in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is what it is, okay? Like, don't get me started if I haven't eaten anything. That's neither here nor there. Um, Jared, please explain this jacket to us. Jared sent us this link to a YouTube clip, which he said, wait, was this the homework that we needed yeah, to do yeah, when... Yeah. Uh, when the bottom of his rider, like, riders list. Yeah. yeah Did so you bring the brand name in it? Did yeah, yeah. I? Well, first of all, <laughs> all M&Ms taste the same. Yeah. So what is the difference between a brown one and a yellow one? I don't know. Isn't it's it a thing? Diva. It's a thing. You, you're a quiz. You lie. You really just wanted just all brown M&Ms. Mm-mm. Anyway, so Jared sent us this link to a, a YouTube clip of a, um, a music clip, which I was very perplexed. It was a very enjoyable music clip, by the way. Good music. Really strange video clip um we found it years ago and uh the main protagonist in the video wears a very distinctive jacket and me and my friends have all been looking for this jacket for years and i finally found one um but i live in a climate where i don't need it Mm. (laughs) so this is actually the first time i've worn it out because it's cold enough now to wear it and i thought well it times up well with you guys so i thought i'd run a little Joke past you guys. <laughs> Looks like you enjoyed it. How, how long did it take you to find the jacket and where did you get it from? I got it off online. Um, took about five years of looking. Oh, of dedication. <laughs> manifesting. Man, yeah, manifesting. I was in London pre-COVID and I found this second-hand shop which just felt like it went for blocks and it was all underground. It was and they had heaps of bomber jackets in there, just racks and racks and racks of them. And I must have spent four hours in there looking for it. And I couldn't find it there. So when I saw it online recently, I was just like, I've got to have that. Yeah. And now I've got it. <laughs> I won't wear it till next year. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair, fair, fair. Um, so wait, why do you play that song? Because it's, it's a song that you play with your, your mates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a staple of our playlist. You know, you get a playlist oh, okay. and it reminds you of a place and a time. And, yeah. yeah. So it's so, a feel good, yeah. reminiscing, good yeah. times. And it's just a sick track. <laughs> may, may you share with us the name in, the name in the band? 
Sorry? Will you share with us the yeah, name oh, of the track so, in the band? Serissimo, I think that's how you say it. Um, Corner Boy. Corner Boy. Yeah, and you got to watch the video YouTube version because there's a little snippet at the end mm. where um, it goes, I won't spoil it for you, but there's there's a bit of a sideways step. Cool. And <laughs> it, it just makes it, you know, it's a brilliant. <laughs> it did. I didn't see it coming. No, actually. you don't. I was like, oh, and yeah. And they just like, drop oh. it on you. Is, is it one of those, like, it's special to the video as yeah. well? Like, it's a little bonus? Yeah, Definitely. awesome. <laughs> don't ask me who the guy is, though. I think he's quite a famous famous guy in Norway or something. But anyway, just watch the video. Yeah, you, you understand. I mean, I watch SBS. So <laughs> I'm kidding, I don't. Um, so, Paulina, you were saying before that you had some challenges when you first start, with anything, when you first start something. But um, you had your first show at The Joinery. And you it, obviously it was amazing. I went to that. I thought it was absolutely pristine. Um, but you said it was difficult because working in a specific space, you, you're limited to what you can do. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think because I, I had the idea to do chromatic walls like at the beginning of last year when like COVID kind of set place and um, I was working at this like call centre in the city. So every time I'd catch the bus from, I was living at Tramsan at the time, catch the bus from home to work. And, you know, it's a 15 minute bus ride. So I had time to think, listen to music and Drake and all of the above. Anyways, I was sitting there and I was like, damn, I've started getting into painting. I would love to know other like artists in my area because I didn't have Instagram at the time. So I didn't really have any platform to like talk to people or mingle with people. I kind of just met people face to face and I'd be like, hey, I like your hair, I like your bag. And we just became friends like that. So it's like I would love to meet like like minded people. And this was when, like I said before, during COVID, I was getting into um, self help books and podcasts and YouTube videos. So I was try- really strong on getting like a strong like support network and um, a good like group of people to be around. And um, yeah, so decided on looking for venues at the time, but I knew because of COVID, I wasn't able to do an exhibition with like all of the restrictions. Um, So I was just like having the idea in my mind and every time I was on the train or on the bus, I'd look at venues. So I seen the joinery in West End, which is a beautiful like venue um, and everything. But some of the challenges I found was um, we weren't able to use the walls, which was like really hard because we had 17 different artists who had like, you know, canvases and and picked like pictures and, and, you know, all of like artwork, you know, in here you'd want to put art on the walls, you know. Um, So I had to sit down and really think about like I stared at the floor plan for a good like 10, 20 minutes. I don't even know. I was stressing. I was like, how am I going to do this? Because I want this space, but I need to work with it. And um, really did limit what I could do. And also, yeah, so I was sitting there and I was with my boyfriend at the time and he was helping me. He, He played like a massive role in like we were just both each other's support networks. Like, I don't know what, where I'd be without him. He's an amazing person. And um, he was like, why don't you do, like, a maze? Because we were looking on Pinterest on what, like, other exhibitions would do, like, and how they would use things. But there's a lot of equipment that I didn't have and I also did not have the budget for, like, this is all just coming out of your own money. <laughs> it all comes down to yes. that, that self-funding, right, yes. sometimes. <laughs> Definitely. I remember I was, like, doing overtime at work just to, like, get some, like, extra cash coming in. But anyways, um, so we decided 
oh yeah, we'll use fencing and we'll do a maze. Then I realized it was on a, I think it was on a Sunday. So me trying to find industrial fences for one day on a Sunday, every place that I called up, they're like, no, sorry, we only do like long-term hiring or no, we're only going to do Monday to Friday. Like we can't pick it up. So I spent a good like two weeks trying to just call up places while also working on like the side, you know, um, and then sometimes on my break, I'd run down and I'd get lunch and call someone up. And then I finally found a a place that could do my fencing. So you would know this because you came to the exhibition. There was four, like four rows of fencing to do the maze. The last two rows had mesh. The first two didn't have mesh, but they were all supposed to have mesh on there. So you couldn't see through the fences. But that was like something that um, kind of didn't go to plan because when they came, they didn't bring enough mesh for all the fences. So we were stressing, like we had an hour to get ready. This is like all of the things you learn when you do your first exhibition, I guess, or your first project, um, t- like how everything works. I didn't know that one hour or two hours wasn't going to be enough time, but we <laughs> smashed it. Everyone, all of the artists were just like trying to put things up and I was really, I was very lucky. We had a really great team like of people um, that were really supportive of my my vision and everything. So that was really good. But there was many things that kind of played a role in putting that one event together. So um, definitely a lot of difficult things. And I think also mentally, like, because before it happened, it was COVID. And the day that I released the tickets was when we had the three-day lockdown in Brisbane. Uh, Mm. Like like the first? The the three-day lockdown. So... I remember coming home from work because they let us leave early because we had to get home at a certain time before the lockdown started. Get home. I'm like, oh, I'm going to release tickets at six. Release tickets and I get about seven, eight messages, like, because no one knew about Chromatic Walls. Like, it went live and the tickets went up a week later, seven days later, and I was getting messages like, uh, why don't you change the date? I'm like... I'm not changing the day. It's a three-day lockdown. It's it's two months away. Like, I've already put my money in, put the bond in, stuff like that. There's a lot of people, things that people don't really know about that works, behind, like, happens behind the scenes, I feel. But, yeah, there was a, a lot of things, I guess, money-wise and also mentally, like, having to, you know, I don't really put myself out there. I didn't have Instagram before. So um, now being on Instagram and seeing, kind of learning as I go how social media works it's very like you put one thing out there everyone sees it I can't believe that it's so fast but um social media yeah money and I guess the space and trying to manage 17 other people like that was so different to me I was like I felt like a school teacher I really did like I had a class but um yeah it was very different I guess but I liked it and I want to do more and I want to do other things, I guess, like goal-wise, like trying to manifest it as well. Mm-hmm. There's big dreams, but, yeah, definitely ready for a lot more challenges ahead. <laughs> so I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jared, you, we went to your um, exhibition as part of the Glassery for Bad Brisbane Art and Design. Did you have difficulties working in that space or was it just like let's get in? It was the polar opposite. Wow, um, yeah. Jack, the owner, I said, can I drill into the walls? And he turned around and went and found his um, masonry drill and gave it to me. <laughs> That's fantastic. We weren't allowed to use the walls. Like my friend, my friend Beth, she's a really good friend of mine, 
um, she had this, like, uh, she did a sculpture of the Australian hands with blood coming down it and um, some of the red paint got onto the floors and, you know, the the lady that owned the place was, like, coming to me, she's like, you need to clean it up now. It's going to be, like, a $10,000 fine and all this stuff. And I was like, I don't even have $10,000, my friend. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> what am I going to do? Did, and you, did you sign a contract? Um, Yeah, I did sign a contract. Yeah. But was I that think, in it? I think that was one of our challenges. It wasn't, I think it was just maybe her feeling a type of way or like being under pressure. There was a lot of people. There was like 100 people per session that came. So like having that many people in a space, I think she had a lot on her mind as well. So, um, yeah. Like, but now we're going to be at Brims and Brace, so he's so much more chill. Yeah. We'll be able to use the walls and stuff like that, which is good. I was going to say, beware, stuff like that does get written into contracts. <laughs> I need to read my contracts. Yeah. I swear yeah. to music and like that movie about TLC. What is it called? Uh, oh, I forgot. No. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a big thing as well. So contracts. Yeah. Like, you, Obviously, some people wouldn't think about that. Yeah, um, we've just hit the point where we've um, just sent out our um, artist management contracts out to our artists, so we've been pretty head into them trying to work on something that I feel as an artist isn't too restricting or over the top. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I think they ended up after we spoke to outside help, they're like 16 pages each, and it's important just to make sure that you read that back and like up and down and show everyone that you can to make sure it's the right thing to do. Isn't mm. that even more tough like when you're working with friends? Well, like compl- gets a bit emotional. Yeah, I was expecting when we went into it and it was a part of us actually making the next step with this business because we'd been, um, my partner and I had been doing this work pro bono for the last year, year and a half just to nurture um our friendship, well, our connection, sorry, both wrong words, nurture um, our artists and kind of build that confidence. Mm. But um, even with that pre-existing relationship, and we are all very, very, very close, we went into it and I was saying to Phoebes, I was like, look, one person's not going to feel comfortable with this and it's going to have to move past it. I think when it's a piece of paper and especially when money is involved with art, um, it's very easy for an artist just to completely switch off. Mm. But at the same time, I think um, if you are working with friends, it's important to get those things to be as black and white as possible, especially when money's involved. Yeah. And you should be you should get paid for your work. Um, you should value yourself, you know. And um, if you put it in front of someone black and white, they, they've got a choice, you know, um, and then they can't. Really, sometimes when things are um, can get a little bit convoluted with friends, a little bit passionate, mm. uh, and and points um, or don't don't get put across as well yeah. or received, and that way it's a little bit more clean cut. Yeah, like everything kind of gets lost in the passion of creating and doing. Yeah, yeah. Dad, you're fired. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm going to get a burger. Yeah, there. I'll meet you there. You, you were pretty like, you were like nodding and pretty. Yeah, yeah. Have you had dramas with that before? Uh, the the show we just put on, we had um, we had it all written down, like you, like you do, and we all entered it. Um, but it gave us a good 
opportunity to actually question things and like discuss things as well. So it wasn't concrete until we all signed it. Yeah. And we all came to an agreement and it was very basic. Like it was like half a page, yeah. you know, so it wasn't too complicated. But um, uh, I'd prefer to do without contracts, but it is a necessary evil. Like I, I feel too it's... I feel when you're a friend of someone, this is from my experience, um, Albert as well, it's, it's hard to um, switch over to that other mindset and ask those questions back. You know, it goes both ways, I feel. I think in, like, also artistic spaces, it's not the front of mind when you're just concerned about producing something that's beautiful or getting a reaction out of someone from your art. You're not really like, oh, let's let's sit down and do business. It doesn't, they don't really go hand in hand. Yeah, it's really different. Like, like I just think me organising things, it's not as strict. It's more so like, let's just have a good time. Let's enjoy it. Let's get together. Like, we're going to get together on Sunday and we're just going to have a picnic and chit-chat and maybe get like a massive canvas and all paint or something. I don't know. But um, I think more so as a as a a fun thing for people to do and get get like maybe express that energy for viewers as well when they come come in and look at the exhibition they can feel that that energy that we're all happy kind of thing I, and I was listening to what you were saying about the contracts and I really liked how you 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 thought about like you said you thought about um you as a as an artist and then also your friends you thought about that you put in consideration and it's good that you have that background because like I feel like there's probably other businesses out there that like really that uh they got a top dog and they don't even do music or they don't even do art and they just kind of in it for the money so it's really cool to hear that it's like passion well that's the thing like I'm I'll be signing the same contract independently of the company too because I, I will be an artist on the roster so um yeah, after reading and declining a few different contracts over the years, which I feel thankful that I seem to have more of an understanding um, than those who presented those contracts to me. It's I've just had to find a balance. And um, this will help me take, like, utilize time to work for others instead of trying to squeeze it in between all of the other things that I need to do to exist. Um, and I think that would be beneficial for everybody. Oh, I was maybe a bit of a change in direction. <laughs> That's <but> cool. <laughs> when I was thinking about stuff earlier today about manifesting and setting targets and goals and stuff, and I, it's open to anyone, when you guys set goals like an exhibition or whatever it may be, once you achieve those, how do you realign your thought process and how do you set do you set new goals or you know you, you, the, the change between short term goals and long term goals? Like once you start hitting things, like I've for me, I'm pretty bad at that. Like, I've always wanted to go, go to gym and get slim, but you get to a point, you're like, yeah, I've achieved that, but then you stop and you kind of lose momentum once you achieve your goals. How do you guys manage that and how do you keep moving forward? Your motivators. Manifesting your next project. I, I kind of feel like playing shows, for example, it's really easy just to ride that buzz and just try to shoot for something higher straight away but I think a really common issue is that people really forget to rest rest and meditate on what they've just experienced and then plan um, what the next steps will be 
That's a good point. Rest and motivation. Mm. You're right. No one rests. I have I have a um, good friend, um, and she runs a um, art series under the name of Bad Olive, and she Abby, just yeah. yeah, she just keeps on hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. And we ran into each other at a party the other day, and um, I was just like, "When's your next event?" And she's like, "September." I'm like, "You going on holiday?" And she's like, uh, like You've got to go on holiday, dude. <laughs> yeah, the amount that don't realize that burnout is oh, real, she, and when it hits them hard, they hit hard. Yeah, but she hit, she hits hard when she's working too. So it's just like she's got a good group around her now, as yeah. well with Bad Olive. So strength to strength to Abby and the team, definitely. Yeah. Um. What do you have motivated, Sarah? No, I'm just like I was saying. It's it's hard to keep motivated, like. Especially if you knock something off, you're like, yeah, now I can kick back. But it, it's right. about taking taking a break, but then also having the motivation to get back going again. Mm. Like, I don't know how you how you feel with your business. You um, I think it can be hard to not once you reach a target to not just settle into something and not and not keep pushing for the next thing. Um, you know, I think that may be one of the one of the harder things of starting from scratch is like like those ideas or um, how can I do something different to move forward, you know, because you don't want to just be doing the same thing as everyone else, um, be it content or, you know, an event or a project you want to do. Like you've got to have the idea and um, once you have it, push for it, go for it. And I find sometimes it can be hard to sort of once you achieve that, not to like just settle into life. Yeah. Like, okay, did that. I'll just Success. get. I've, I've been, uh, you know, neglecting all these other little things. I'll get them sorted. And then you just sort of flow into all the other bits of your life. And then a couple of months go by and you're like, oh, I need to do something more to continue moving up and forward. Or um, that's personally something I need to, I work on a little bit. Um, do you ever find yourself like, so I would say a lot of people are doing the same or, or navigating the same spaces that you guys are with your businesses. Do you ever find yourself comparing? Oh, I, I do it That's too much. You, you do? Yeah, I almost get, um, I think it comes to this manifestation, like like having a positive cognitive sort of track and, um, you know, I might see something someone's doing that's similar to what I do, but, like, I'm perceiving it to be much better mm. and I think I, I can get a little bit negative sometimes and go, oh. Um, anyway, um, sorry, Dan, as, wait, who, yes. You. Um, I was saying something. Oh, about what? comparing yourself with yeah. other. Oh, yeah, sometimes I find myself doing that and it's it's negative and I don't really like it. It's not, yeah, I, I, um notice when I'm doing it and then, you know, you've got to sort of shift your, you know, sometimes negative things are a part of our psyche and and they're a part of us so you've got to accept them and um, notice when you're doing it and not maybe beat yourself up too much but, you know, just focus on something more positive and and realise that, you know, you're dope and you've got what it takes and don't worry about other people, just do you. Um, and just keep focusing on that and good things will happen, mm-hmm. you know. 
positive thoughts lead to positive things. What is it? Every action has a reaction. Science. What? That's Newton's. It's Newton, man. It's Newton, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, nah. Man, what a very, very insightful show. I wasn't expecting it to get, like, real, real. I mean, all the gems that just... I like that it was just, like, random horror movies to... (laughs) (laughs) Look, we go any which way. It doesn't matter where it goes. Yeah, cool. Anyway, um, we've enjoyed everyone's company and everyone's thoughts. How's everyone feeling? Feeling good? Good, great. But um, what does everyone have coming up? Starting, who wants to go? Um, next week, speaking of uh, organising group events, yeah. there's a huge one happening at the Powerhouse. Um, I think there's about 56 artists yeah. and what they've done... Uh, this is through third quarter. They've paired everyone up. And so you've got two artists creating one piece That's of art. Cool. And there's some pretty big full-on names doing crazy multimedia things. Like nice. they've, they've teamed up ballet dancers with 3D um, illustrators. You know? <laughs> um, I got teamed up with a, a guy who's... Um, uh, <laughs> he's he, he's he's just he's a figure drawer. He, he he paints the the human figure, but he's just like really good. Like um, and he does it in a weird, kind of a quirky way. I'll, I'll explain it to you, and don't look at me like I'm crazy. Um, he gets he gets dressed up in a puppet costume and draws with puppets. Okay, oh, that's next level. But he also draws puppets. <laughs> it's an inception. Puppetception. Yeah. yeah. Does he put himself in that like character? Yeah. Oh, so cool. he doesn't. He's he, his name's Bill Platts, and like I said, he, his figure drawings are just next level. I walked. I was in his workshop yesterday, and it's like walking into a Renaissance master's room with like the most incredible paintings. Um, yeah. So we we teamed up, and that's opening on Wednesday. Um, yeah. Mutual intent. Is the name of the show. Sweet, right. at the Powerhouse. Powerhouse, yeah. All right. It's, yeah, it's going to be a big one. When is it running? To th- I till? think it's going for a month. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, I've got my next exhibition coming up on the 26th of this month, so it's on a Saturday night. It's going from 5 till 8. There's going to be um, 17 artists that will be um, showcasing their artworks, which will be amazing. I've met one-on-one with each artist already, taking pictures of them and getting to know them um, on a deeper level. And the way they, yeah, the way they just talk about their art and their passion and their goals um, is amazing. So there's a lot more projects that are going to come up after that. But, yeah, this is the next one. So awesome. going to be at Bibs and Brace. Tickets online. Yeah, six dollar tickets. So, gonna be sick. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Um, we've got a, f- a few things in the works. We'll have um a couple of EP release shows coming up, and some of our artists are playing some cool supports. But the next um event we're kind of branding is going to be an audio visual show at um Felons. Barrel Hall. Um, we chose the venue just because it's got such a huge projection mm-hmm. um, behind and it enables us to curate a free event as well. So it's going to be um, live bands and um, live analog video s- synthesis on the screen. So um, cool. we're pretty excited. We've been 
had this in the pipes for about three or four months now to the point where we gave up because we weren't hearing anything back from anyone and then randomly got a phone call with some dates. So hopefully lock it in soon. I'll make sure you guys know all about it. Who's doing the audio visuals? Um, so it's one of my collaborators, um, Jasper Free. He mm. started getting into video art about at the start of COVID actually mm. and um, has been sourcing some old gear um throughout that time and um he's doing most of his work at the moment at warehouse raves and at yeah. dance events but um we've worked together before and to kind of transition that away from dance music into a more um live um kind of feel yeah okay. um so yeah there's going to be a, quite a few um cameras floating around the stage being mixed in and um yeah, awesome. a lot of ripped footage off YouTube. <laughs> Sorry, that was a really Allegedly. bad way of explaining it. Can, can we just beep that bit? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, definitely it's, not. That does not give him enough. Like, the perks of not being live. <laughs> no, awesome. So wait, when was when is that to occur? Again? Um, so it should be around the end of August. End of August. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. Um, I've I've currently launched um, um. Tasty Slice subscriptions by Rotate Recordings. So basically it's a subscription service for vinyl. Um, Go online, rotaterecordings.com, fill out the questionnaire and we'll send you records every two months. Um, So, you know, you tell us what you like, we do the digging for you. Um, Other than that, I'm working on... um, a record fair um, coming up in, there's not a solid date yet, but uh, um, in South Brisbane somewhere, mm-hmm. um, beers, DJs, a few different record shops coming together just for sort of daytime event. Um, so, yeah. Sick. I'm loving this subscription idea. Yeah? I live for the subscription now. <laughs> Everything is subscription. Gotta get, that, gotta get that constant, you know, revenue stream coming in if you can. Mm-hmm. For mm. sure. Awesome. Thank you so much. But lastly, I should ask, where can we find you? Yeah, I was about to, I was waiting. Plug the yeah. socials. Where's your socials at? What's your name? Um, Instagram's probably the best. Yep. Um, JW underscore glass art. Easy. And where can, sorry, where can guys look at, I, I was looking at a website today. Oh, yeah, I've got a website. Yeah. Um, but it's, we haven't updated in a while. So. And like, Okay, cool. Yeah. Sweet. Instagram's the place. It's, it's regularly updating. Sure. It's Sweet. easy. Yeah. Um, on Instagram at Chromatic Walls. Um, you can find our label on um, at Real Feels Music or on our um, website at realfeelsmusic.com. And um, you can find my artist page, sad underscore Sam. Uh, Instagram uh, is a good way to get in touch um, at Rotate Recordings. Uh, but also head to the website, um, rotaterecordings.com. Um, you can hit me up there too or just check out what we got. Sweet. Thank you. Thank you so That's much, so- everyone. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate your time. Yeah. Hope you Thanks guys enjoyed it. Us. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. I learned so much off you guys, like just listening to everyone's like um, thoughts and, you know, perspectives. Mm. Really cool. Yeah, <laughs> thanks thanks for t- taking the time to put, pull this together, guys. Yeah. <laughs> No worries. <laughs> Off to work. Remind me, Sam. Jeff, At least you can do the fun work before before the necessary work. Yeah. You know and what? Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you for the positivity. I actually appreciate that. I really do.
But yeah, have a blessed weekend, everybody. And good luck with all of your new ventures. And we may see you at your next shows. Yeah, we'll awesome. definitely see you guys Or soon. subscribing. <laughs> see you in business. Yeah. Thank you. Sweet. We haven't done it in a while, but I've got a word of the day for you. Oh, okay, because I was looking at that. Yeah, don't I've got a fact th- of the day. You oh, can do okay. word, I'll do fact. Okay, oh, no. all right, let's go. I don't My know. word of the day mm. is, <clears throat> all right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Solipsism. <sighs> Solipsism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, solip. Yes. Sism. Sism yes. from the Greek word scissors. Yes. <laughs> That's so, that's not even the Greek word, but scissors actually comes from, no, kidding, I don't know. <laughs> Solipsism. Yes. Uh, a growth on your arm, I don't know. Nah, I wish. Uh, hit me with it, what is it? Okay, so the long definition. It's a philosophical idea that only oh. one's mind is sure to exist. As an epistemological position, solipsism holds that knowledge of anything outside one's own mind is unsure. So basically, oh. it's somebody that has like a really intense ego. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, like I, I don't think I'm ever going to come back from the time that you were just like, yeah, that's brain freeze. Cool story, bro. Hey, wait, no. hold on. No, 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 no. No, but you it worked it. It took me a process. You worked it. it I know. That's what's so impressive. This one was hard because there's nothing you can go from. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you can't break that down. <laughs> break it down for me. No, I'm kidding. So my fact. Yeah, let's go. It's not a nothing fancy like solipsism. It is, solipsism. it is, it is. Let's so, go. The last time they counted, so it was a 2019, 2020 year. Yeah. A total of 200,400 yeah, 200, people became Australian citizens. 200,400. Mm. Two, 200, <laughs> 204,800. There we 200, go. Ah. 204,800. <laughs> People. It just won the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Became citizens. <For> and, <laughs> and of those, five and a half thousand were South Africans. Oh, mm, you citizenship. S- you South Africans. <laughs> okay, or five. No, nah, I can't do it. Yeah, no, it's cool. shit. No, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a really cool fun fact. Number crunching is not my best forte. It's a lot of people, right? But that is a lot of people. Australia, we're a lucky country, even though some may not. All 200,000 of those people are lucky people. I That's know, what's right? important. That's important. Yeah. And with that importance, I've been Jamil. I've been Jared. And we are Neon Hotline Brisbane. You.